you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Amen. Let's just ask the Lord if he would just speak to our hearts this morning. Would you do that with me right where you are, standing, seating? Let's just just ask the Lord to speak to our hearts. God, I pray this morning that, Lord, you would help us to open our heart and open our mind to what you want to speak and what you want to say. I'm praying this morning for every heart in this room, God, that every person that has made the the effort and spent the energy to get here today, Lord, that your word and your spirit would speak so deeply into their heart this morning that, God, lives could literally be changed and destinies turned this morning. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Speak to us, Lord. We worship you in Jesus' name. You can be seated this morning. Thank you, Sister Cheryl. She does a great job. Give her a great big hand. Amen. It's so much easier to preach behind a wonderful music program. Amen. It's easy to worship. In this clutter-filled world, it is so easy for us to lose sight of where we are in God. And we can lose focus of our highest priorities. When, When this happens, our priorities gradually will begin to change. And if we're not careful, our very reason for living gets lost in the minefields of life. I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about our need for personal revival. Our need for personal revival. The church is supposed to be the landmark and the lighthouse that points the way in a landscape that is often become forgetful of the reality of the condition that we live in. And when the church loses its vibrancy, its lights begin to grow dim, and we find ourselves easily enamored with other things that makes the focus and purpose of life shift from where we are going to where we are now. It's easy to get stuck. Everybody say stuck. You ever been stuck? If we're not careful on our journey, 
to heaven and in our journey living and serving God. We will get stuck, bogged down, weighted down, and the joy of serving God seems to no longer fulfill us the way that it used to. I've been reading a book that's been helping me a little bit personally with leadership in this particular season of my ministry in my life. And it has reminded me of how easy it is for us at any stage of life to get stuck, to get bogged down, to get, to get caught up in the, this is just what I do every day, every week. In every month, I go to church on Sunday, some of us two and three times, depending on where all you serve. And we can get so caught up with just going to church on Sunday, and we're racing through the clock thinking, man, I hope we're out before, before noon so I have time to get a bite of lunch before I go serve in Lebanon or Lafayette. I hope they let out early enough on the Sunday evening service that I can get home in time to be able to catch my favorite team. It's just life. And the things of now become way more important than the thoughts of eternity. And the church, ladies and gentlemen, is a corporate element of a body of people but the dynamic of the church is dependent not on its leadership, not on its music program, but on the spiritual condition of its membership. Can I say it again this morning? The climate of this church is not dependent upon a pastor's ability to preach, a music program's ability to be able to lead worship and sing, a children's ministry that touches the heart of people. Yes, we're all labors together. Yes, we're all one body but many members. But the true environment of the church is dependent. The, the spiritual climate of the church is dependent upon the light of revival fire that is burning in the hearts of its membership. Now, I'm not just passing the buck this morning, but I want this to weigh heavy on every one of us that is in this room this morning. That if your fire is not burning bright, it may be that your wood is wet. And you're hindering the fire of revival. No, that's not a call to get out of the fire, backslide and leave the church. That's a call this morning for every one of us to get on fire for God. Remember the passion that once burned in our spirit. It wasn't drudgery to get up and get ready and come to church. It wasn't drudgery to serve. I pray that the environment of this church becomes so. And I believe it is becoming. But I pray that the environment of this church is so that every one of us say, I can't wait to get back to the next service. 
I can't wait to see what God is going to do this afternoon in Lebanon or Lafayette or at 6 o'clock here tonight. I can't wait to see what God is going to do in the next service as soon as one is over. With anticipation, I'm saying, what's God going to do in the next service? It's more important than where I'm going to lunch, if there is one. I might preach a while today, who knows? When the most important thing starts being God in our life. When the most important thing starts being God in our home. Oh, I know we bellyache about prayer being taken out of the school. But what about prayer in your home? The government's not responsible for that. You can't lay that off on a political party. Oh, come on somebody. I'm telling you, we've got to get back down to the basics of prayer in our personal lives where the revival fire begins to burn. It's not just what happens in an hour and a half service on a Sunday morning or a Sunday evening or a midweek Bible study, but it's where we live every day of our life. I can't wait to get in the presence of God. I don't have to wait till Sunday. I'll build an altar in my home. I'll pray with my family. I'll get in the scripture and read the word of God with my family at home. I love the word of God. I need the fire burning. Because when the church loses its its fire, its vibrancy, the light begins to grow dim. Other things begin to take precedence in our life and our our shift in, in thought starts being about here and now. I always know those who are not prayed up because they reveal themselves the quickest. They're the ones that are always more concerned about what's wrong in the church. What they didn't like. What they didn't enjoy. Let me just remind you this morning that truly the church service ought to be for not for our entertainment and not for our joy. It ought to be for our growth and development. Truly it's about us growing in God. And it's about a new person that doesn't know God coming to him. So it ought to be more geared toward whether the guest was touched. Whether the visitor that may not know God is touched. Where the life, where the one that comes in that's hurting is ministered to ought to be more important than whether they sung the song that I like the most. Am I okay this morning? I don't want to make enemies on Sunday morning. I'll save that for tonight. The whole issue is is that we get the big eye instead of understanding that it's about Him. Our worship is not about my entertainment or my enjoyment. It's about us entertaining Him. He inhabits or dwells in the praises of His people. That means we ought to come whether it's our style or not. I'm not sure heaven cares about a style. Because He's the rock of ages. So whether it's an old song or a new song, He's still the rock. It may not be my favorite song either, but I'm going to sing and worship Him because it's not about my flavor. It's about His glory. Do some songs touch my heart more than others? Absolutely. Do some songs not tickle my fancy? Well, probably so. But I want you to understand today that it's not about my enjoyment. It's about what He thinks about it. You may not like my voice, but I'm going to sing. Because it's not about you enjoying my voice. It's about heaven. Hearing my praise. 
Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye people. Serve the Lord with gladness. Don't let it be drudgery. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pastures. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. If we'll keep heaven in view, it's a whole lot easier to keep our fire burning. I, don't want, I want to remind the church to, today that I truly do believe that we're living in the final leg of this race. People ask all the time, and I, I'm, not a, I'm not a great end-time teacher, preacher. I, yes, I've read the book of Revelation. I preach out of it, usually preach out of the first three chapters. I leave a lot of the other things alone because I think it's revelation. I think it's a, there's a lot of speculation involved, and I'm not sure that you know all the guys that know it can't agree on it. And so everybody's got their own view on it. Uh, I, I don't. I don't. Under, people ask me sometimes, when do you think you think it's the Lord's coming before the tribulation, during the tribulation? I have my opinion. After the, it doesn't really matter. What matters is that He's coming. And I want to be ready. And I believe in the preeminent return of Jesus Christ. That means I believe he could return any moment. I believe he could return today. I don't think I'm going to stop him. And I believe we're in the final leg of this race. And I believe Gabriel's standing with a trumpet held close to his lips just waiting for the signal to sound. I believe the church, you look at the condition of the world, it tells me the church is about to be called away. When we get this in our spirit, it's much easier for us to understand we ought to not be focused on everything about the here and now. Let's focus on the heaven. Let's keep the revival fire burning and talking about the glory of God and the goodness of God and getting our friends and family and neighbors ready to make the city. Because nobody ought to be lost. I wish I could get somebody's heaven back in, uh, somebody's vision of heaven back in view. The Apostle Paul said, Eye hath not seen, near hath not heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. When America fails God as a nation, when they boo him and push him off their platform, when drugs are legalized and same-sex marriage is applauded and abortion is accepted and the church is more concerned about our comforts. The revival fire is not burning. I want to drive through our city and we do often. I drive through portions of our city and I see children playing on Sunday that obviously haven't been to church. And I'm thinking, I wonder if the air conditioner's on for tonight. There's something wrong. We need to be reaching. We need to be doing more than we've ever done before. And the only way that that happens is when the revival fire is burning in our spirit. When we're caught up with all the other things. This is the very point. And I know a few months ago I preached about Mary and Martha, but 
Martha was encumbered about with much serving. She's all about the work and the labor. She gets offended at Mary. And the Lord said, I'm not, I'm not telling Mary to stop. Because she chose the good part. She wanted to keep the revival fire burning in her spirit. I want to tell you this morning that the best thing you can do, those who are serving around here this morning, some of you may be sitting around the edges and the perimeters this morning. Maybe you're, I know the Sunday school teachers can't hear us this morning, children's ministry staff, and some of our usher staff may all be out this morning. But those of you that are here, maybe you're not on duty this morning. But let me just, let me just say it to you this way today. The most important thing that you can do in the church is not fulfilled with excellence the ministry that you have agreed to serve in. From parking lot attendant, and thank God for them, to the door greeters that make us all feel welcome and hold the door open and shake our hands, to the people that clean this building, to those that ensure that everything's perfect, to the music team and Praise team that came early this morning while some were still in bed asleep and they're here rehearsing for the entire day. All of these ministries are wonderful. Our usher staff that's making sure that everybody's secure and our children are safe and everything is getting taken care of in grand order. So much that's happening behind the scenes. Thank you. And to all of you who are on duty this morning, thank you. Thank you. You're doing a great job. It feels great in the house today. But the most important thing is that you worship God with all of your heart. Whether you're on the platform singing or in the pew singing doesn't matter. The most important thing when we come to the house of God is not the ministry that you're leading with excellence and we want it done with excellence, but we want your worship to come through above everything. What would happen this morning? I think we would be all right if every person on staff this morning would just move into a point of saying, I'm going to worship God. Forget about the ministry i got to serve in. I'll pick up the pieces, but right now, I'm just going to give God the best praise I can. That's what happens when revival fires burn. It's not about whether we get the note right and we miss the Spanish word, sister. Uh, brother and sister Townsend work with our Spanish ministry with the Sanchez. I'm sure every now and then I, I, I never dreamed I asked sister Townsend a few months ago when I was preaching over in Lafayette at the Spanish church. And I, I, I went over and, of course, my heart was just swelling with pride. And I went over to her and I said, Sister uh, Jamie, I, I would have never thought maybe a few years ago who would have ever thought that I would be on the platform preaching in a Spanish service and you would be on the platform singing and your husband would be playing the keyboard. Who would have ever thought? Who would have ever thought? But I'm going to tell you, these, these folks are faithful when you're faithful to God. And when revival fire begins to burn in your spirit, God will open doors of opportunity for you that you thought would never open. God will give you outlets to your ministry that you never thought would be possible. But you need to put him first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Don't be a position, don't be a position seeker. Don't be a position seeker. It will never get you anywhere in God. Be a God seeker. Put him first. Put him first. Don't seek to be the soloist. Seek to be the greatest worshiper.
We are living in the last days. But we have a hope. And our hope is not only in this life. Because hope in this life begins to become what we are focused on when revival fire begins to go out. But when revival fire begins to burn, we begin to focus on heaven. The church must not become so enamored with the thought of God blessing us down here until we become so happy and so satisfied with the here and now. There's nothing wrong with happiness. There's nothing wrong with godly contentment. But when we become so enamored with what's going on here that we lose focus on heaven, we fail to rejoice when sinners come in. We fail to rejoice when people repent. We fail to rejoice. I, I, the Apostle Paul said, if my hope was based here, I would be of all men most miserable, but our hope must be, must be focused on God being with us beyond just the here and now, but in the hereafter. I know we just come kind of through, I call it the summer lull. It's vacations. I hope you all got to take one. I got four days. I'm pouting about it. It's not your fault. Life just kind of got in the way. I hope you all had time to take vacation. Some are on vacation this morning. I got text messages this morning. My last day of vacation. Brother and Sister Bowling are going up to Hobart to see their son today. Our last day of vacation. Go enjoy it. You deserve it. You work hard, labor hard, serve God well. Go enjoy it. But if all we live for is vacation, if all we live for is the things of the here and now, the revival fire will go out. But when the light of God is burning in our spirit, the church needs a revival. We've kind of come through the summer lull and people have gotten focused you got focused on your hobbies, your entertainments, your vacations. The economy's going well. People get focused on their finances. You focused on their house, their land, their cars, their money. Fall is just around the corner, and then here will come Christmas, and oh, everybody will be focused on Christmas. But somewhere in the middle of all this, could our focus start being on revival? I wonder the change that would happen if we said, all right, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a pact right now with myself and with my family. This week I'm going to pray more than I've prayed. I'm going to fast more than I've fasted. I'm going to get in the Word. I'm going to start focusing. And we'll come back next week and this place will be exploding with revival fire. Because it's amazing what one week of focused prayer, fasting, Bible reading, study. It is amazing what happens in this church. You know, those of you that's been around here a while, you know. The guests may walk in the door and say, wow, that place is kind of wild. Hang around. We'll get boring again. <laughs> but when this church begins to pray and fast, we know what happens. We start reaching our neighbors. We start reaching our lost family. We start seeing the altars filled. We start seeing the baptismal tank being in use. When the church gets on fire, revival will always follow. We need revival. Is it all right for me to tell you on Sunday morning, we need revival. 
We need to get on fire like we used to be on fire. We ought to burn with the passion of God like we once burned before. We ought to have revival more than just in January and February. We ought to have a good August revival and September revival and October revival and November revival and December. There ought to be a revival fire burning in our lives. Revival begins with me and you. Would you just say that? Revival begins with me. Because the atmosphere of revival is not dependent upon the preacher and the leadership. It's dependent upon the heart of its members. Real revival is not on the radar of the majority of people in the world. The world has turned away from God. The world turns their back on God. They snub their nose at God. They want nothing to do with God. But I ask you this morning, CLC, members and guests alike that are in this room today, do you want revival? Do you want revival? Because when you want it, nothing can keep you from having it. I believe I read in the scripture, I think it was the Apostle Peter that said, For I am persuaded that neither life, nor death, nor powers, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor any other creature, nothing can separate us. The only hindering thing between you and revival is your desire for it. Because I believe we live in a day of an open heaven, meaning that God hears your prayer. You don't have to come to the pastor and have the pastor take your prayers to heaven. You don't have to go somewhere. You don't have to go out and find the greatest televangelist and pay them big money to get your prayers to heaven. But this morning, you can lift your hands and say, God, and heaven begins to listen. You can begin to speak to God, and God will hear your prayer. And you can begin to, and revival can begin to burn in you. And when revival burns in you, it begins to catch on. Because when Sister Carrie gets on fire, Sister Cheryl gets on fire, and Brother Danny gets on fire, and Brother Mark gets on, and the whole row gets on fire. And when this row gets on fire, the next row gets on fire, and the next row. Because that's how revival works. Everybody you get around, man, God's good. And they think, wow, what happened to them? God's good. Just keep saying it. Before long, the person you're talking to will get fired do you want revival I echo the words of my wife in a thought that she left us a few months ago I wrote it down when she said it I thought it was so powerful the way that she said it I just want to borrow it she said there is an enemy on the loose he masquerades as accomplishment and achievement his name is overactivity. And he's robbing our homes and our families and our churches of time. No time to pray, no time for personal devotion, and no time for church. My God, I want revival. 
I want to have time to talk to God. I want to have time to let revival fire burn in my spirit. Comfort has overruled America's hunger for God. That may be why that in these last days that some may not may wonder why do I go through this and that because maybe may that God is trying to get our attention. I'm trying to direct us this morning in a posture of desperation toward our only hope and that would be renewed and restored and revived attitude toward revival. Revival is something that comes from God but it must begin and be born in desire. You must want it. You've got to seek after it. You have to ask God for it. This is what I mean this morning when I talk about posturing for revival. We have to posture for revival. That means we have to get in the position for revival. What does that mean, pastor? That means I'm going to start I'm going to start cutting Facebook off. I'll just start closing it down. I'll just turn the television set off. I'm just going to cut a few things out and I'm going to take a little time and I'm going to pick up the word of God and I'm going to read a little in the word of God and I'm going to meditate on it day and night and I'm going to think about it and I'm going to pray about it. I want you to know today that I'm not just speaking to you. God woke me up early, early, early this morning and it was dark outside. I woke up startled for a moment and immediately felt a call to prayer. Did not know what I was praying for. I felt one need very deep on my spirit. I went and began to pray. I, I prayed for a little while this morning. And as I was praying, I just felt myself become overwhelmed emotionally. And I said, God, would you let revival fire? Just like you have called me to prayer in these early hours of the morning. God, would you call our church to prayer for revival? Would you let revival fire begin to burn in the hearts of and my prayer begin to change away from physical needs to turning toward a spiritual condition? of the church. I believe this message this morning that is not much of a not much of a sermon but more of just a message in a heart that I'm bringing to you today. But I believe that God is calling the church. He's calling you and he's calling me to a revival fire that would burn in our spirit like never before. I'll be quickly closing this morning. Look at your neighbor and tell him why wow, pastor's preaching short today. Do you want revival? If so, are you willing to fight for it? Because you're going to fight your schedule for it. You're going to fight time crunches for it. You may have to fight employers for it. You may have to fight a few non-understanding family members for it. No, I'm going to prayer. No, I'm going to find God for a little while. You may have to fight your friends for it. You may have to say no to a few activities that aren't as important to you as seeking God is. If we're going to have revival, we're going to have to posture for it. That means we're going to have to, we're going to, have to seek after Him. How long has it been? Since you've prayed until you were lost in the spirit. When you no longer were looking at the clock saying, wow, I prayed five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen or thirty. Until you just reached a point of saying, I'm just praying. 
I've touched God, and it doesn't really matter what time it is, but I'm just into, I'm, I'm just talking to you. How long has it been since you prayed until you got lost in the Spirit when time didn't matter and schedules didn't matter and agendas didn't matter? How long has it been since you fasted until the world became strangely dim and all of a sudden the things and cares of the world didn't matter? All that matters was that you were communing with God. How long has it been since you prayed until you had a breakthrough in your prayer? I don't mean you just prayed and you got excited and passionate in your prayer, but you prayed until you broke through and the Spirit of God moved on you and you begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. You begin to pray in ways you've never prayed. How long has it been? How long has it been since you fasted until fleshly desires are overtaken by spiritual gain and then it didn't really matter of all the things that's been grab, grabbing at you and, and pulling at you, but you fasted until you got beyond them and now all that matters is that you're growing growing spiritually. How long has it been since you prayed until you had a personal Gethsemane? Until you prayed, Jesus prayed, and until, until his sweat fell as though it were great drops of blood. How long has it been until you prayed so passionately that you really reached a point of a breakthrough emotionally and physically and spiritually? How long has it been and since you got to the point to where in your walk with God that the cross took on a brand new meaning. You begin to think about the cross in a whole new way. It no longer was just some something that, that, that is a figma uh, of imagination or something that's talked about occasionally but that you got Jesus in sight as he hangs on a cross. How long has it been since you have prayed until personal revival was birthed in you? As I'm closing this morning Apostasy and revival have always been cycling for many, many years, all the way back to the days of Joshua when we see it. It's the ups and the downs. I called the church this morning to let the revival fire burn. Let the brightness of His glory begin to shine through. Let the wonderful blessings of God begin to come through in your life. If we're not careful, our focus will slowly, slowly shift off of the eternal and onto the temporal. The longings of our soul become more focused on the lust of the flesh. The promise of heaven is faded out with the hopes of here and now. Church and religion today Offer some cheap form of easy grace demanding nothing from people. I believe it was Martin Luther that said, a religion that costs nothing and requires nothing is worth nothing. Jesus said, take up your cross. There is a burden to bear. There is a load to carry. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's not going to put more on you than you can bear, but he always calls us to a life of discipleship. Are you willing to pay the price for revival to burn in you? Are you ready for the real precious things in life to become the more important? 
revival fire simmer down. The glowing coals go down to nothing but just a smoldering ember. We lose heart. The heart of revival is not the wonderful feeling of emotion that you get. But when revival begins to burn, all of those other things will begin to flourish as well. Somebody said, Pastor, you're just preaching for emotionalism. No, your emotions change when you're on fire with revival. It comes with it. But I'm not preaching about just being emotionally strong this morning and being positive and saying all the right things. I'm talking about something that is birthed deep in your spirit that brings those things into your life. At such a time when the church has failed and the world turns their back on God, God always sends a man. In the scripture, he often sends prophets to call people back to repentance. Their message never goes along with the current hypnotic sway of status quo, but it's designed to cause trouble. I hope this morning that the message I've preached is causing trouble in your spirit. No, I don't want to offend you this morning, but I hope that the Word of God just kind of says, Ugh. Some come by and jokingly tell me once in a while, man, Pastor, I need to go polish my shoes. You stepped on my toes today. Well, I hope I am. I hope the Word of God is. Because this message this morning needs to call us from our attitude of ease and getting by to red hot fervent revival. I believe we're at that time. I believe we're at that crossroads. I believe God is calling the church to it. And I believe what lies just ahead of us is way more than moving into a new building. I hope it wasn't too much of a downer for you this morning when I said we're not going to make Labor Day weekend in our new building. We're just going to be three or four additional weeks, perhaps. Uh, we'll, we'll, we're going to be in in just a short while. We just have a few little things, a little hiccups here and there and some parts and supplies that we need that we simply, simply are waiting on and waiting to get in. And It's just some of the things to get the occupancy to be able to enter the building. It's small things. But what God is wanting to do for us and what lies ahead of us is way greater than the excitement of walking into a brand new 450-seat auditorium, pulling in with 150 paved parking places. But what God is wanting to do in us is way greater than any building or what God's wanting to do in us is a revival in our spirit that can change your destiny and your future. That building on State Road 28 is going to be a great place and house for us to come together to worship, to fellowship, to sing, to teach, to reach, and to go forth from. It's going to be a great ministry location for us. But what God's wanting to do in us is much greater than the joy and the excitement of a building. Are we ready for the rain? of God's Spirit to really come down on us.
Are we truly ready? Because I believe that revival is coming. And I believe what God is wanting to do is going to just so far surpass the building. But I want to see that building that's twice the size of this building filled with brand new people that are lifting their hands and raising their heart toward God. Souls that this morning are suffering from a hangover that's going to show up on Sunday morning out there and begin to say, hey, I got a place to sit, a place to park. My life's turned. I believe God's going to send revival. Anybody in the house want to see that revival? If it's going to happen, it's going to be birthed in the hearts of the membership. Because I'm telling you, the leadership of this church is ready. We're on fire. We're ready. Come on. Some of you know we've been praying for it, believing for it, working for it, laboring for it. But we need everybody to get on board this morning. Because revival fire has got to burn in our membership. It's got to come forth where we're more excited about a new soul being saved than we are beating in church across town down to the, down to the, to the restaurant. The most exciting thing happening is a soul being saved. Come on, that's the kind of revival that we need. Anybody want that revival this morning? Anybody want that revival this morning? If you want it today, I know we're a little early, so we have time to do this. Why don't you just step from where you are today and just come to the front just as a sign of, of, of hey, I'm just, I want this revival fire burning. I'm going to commit to praying this week, fasting this week, reaching God this week. I want revival like never before. Come on, that's it. This is wonderful. Look at the response. Make me a house of prayer. May the fire of my altar never burn. Oh, yes. Fire of my altar oh, never yes. burn. May the fire this is beautiful. Revival's coming. Revival's coming. Make me a house of prayer. Revival's coming to your home. Revival's coming to your job. Revival's coming to the church. Take the next two or three minutes and just seek the Lord this morning. Ask Him, God, let the fire burn in me. Let's begin to worship Him with fervency, with passion this morning.